Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 93. I'm Dave Schmolenson, aka the Schmo. My co host is Helene with Helene Sports. And today's guests really need no introduction. Everybody knows who they are. We have the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno, the number one flyway in the world, the people's champ. <laughs> yes. And we have Jason House representing Iridium Sports, his manager yes. and what, 107 fighters in the UFC now? I think so. Maybe 108. We put one in last week. Let's go. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And you guys brought this in right when you walked in the studio, these limited edition Assassin Baby represented gloves. This is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait for you to autograph these, and we're going to put Man, these up. Man, let's go. I'm ready. We need to frame them. We're going to frame them. They're going to go yeah. right out there in the Heck studio. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time. We've, we've been given gifts. or Usually, <laughs> we just give the gifts. You guys yeah. gave us the gifts today. Yeah. No, I was talking to Jacob. I was like, hey, let's get him a pair. I think he'll really like it. <laughs> oh, I love it. So it's going to stay right here for the for the show. Thanks for joining us today, yeah. guys. We appreciate you. Heck yeah. No, thanks for having us. Of course. I mean, look, it's been a week and a half maybe since the big fight. And what really stands out to me is the second the fight was over, we're just joking about it. Not joking about it. We're trying to figure out what the right terminology is. Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. <laughs> First yes. time ever yes. in UFC history, maybe fighting history, combat sports history right yes. here. Crazy. I think it's the first time ever, and then also the first time ever consecutively, right, to do this many of, of the same fight. I mean, Brandon, I mean, you've spent so much time with this guy. I mean, this is crazy. It's not It's not Kai Car France. It's not Askar Askarov. That's not what everyone's talking about here, which is the number one contender fight. It's you two rematch. Man, it's crazy, right? How the life is going right now, because after the second fight against... Davison, I, uh, you know, the media asked me like, "Hey man, like, what do you think if you if you you wanna see him like in the future?" Like, 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 and that moment I said like, "Man, I don't know. Obviously, I I can't say no definitely because you never know what happened." But I beat him like, like um, very when a very dominant performance and everything. But we we did the 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 tier one. I lost the decision. And, uh, you know, everything looks like the fourth one looks like with a lot of sense right now. So it's, cr it's crazy, this life, but, man, I'm ready for the challenge. And obviously it's, like, weird because I'm a little tired of this guy. <laughs> but, but, hey, he has a title, and I want the title yeah. always, right? Are you more tired of him or are you more tired of his team? Oh, good one. I don't know. You told me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I say this right now, and like I said before, I still believe in the guy is nice. The guy is a good guy, is a family guy, as me. 
but he picked one way to try to sell this fight, the opposite side as me, because, man, I I don't like that, man. I'm boring to try to sell the fight and the trash title to me. It's like, I don't, I feel like I don't need it, you know? And that's awesome because I can see how the people can recognize all my style, how I am with the people. Because if I'm I'm here talking with you, and if somebody uh, talk with me in the street, this is the same guy, and I I prove that, and I show to the world, I'm the same guy in the in the you know with the media, uh, with the people in the street, and everything. And that's I'm selling fights just to be like myself, and that's awesome because uh, man, I don't like to do something more in the camera or something like that. But I think that's what make makes people love you so much too because you're authentic you stay true to yourself but afterwards when davison or i guess walid his translator <laughs> said you know they want that quadrilogy they want it in mexico city i'm curious to get both of your thoughts like what were you thinking at that moment you know, you know what it's funny because somebody somebody told me last week actually when Somebody really believes he won the fight. They don't ask nothing about rematch. They go straight to the next, next page, right? So the guy start to uh, to talk about immediately in that moment about the rematch, and he start to say Mexico City was like, let's go, let's go to Mexico City. Okay, for me it's perfect, right? Because you know my people is there, and Mexico City uh, is is a hard place to fight for the elevation. No, but I can imagine like going to the locker room, like, hey, stop to say, look, don't say uh, Mexico City anymore, like, shut up and say other place like Brazil or United States. And then he went to the press conference that to say Brazil, but UFC needed to, cons to cancel the event in Brazil. So maybe the, the, the fight is in the United States, possibly, right? You never know. But man, I don't care, man. Obviously, I, I love, I would love to fight in Mexico City because it's my place, it's my country. But at the end of the day, I understand he has the title, and, and I just want to fight for the title one more time. I kind of feel the same way. I'm not too concerned of where the fight's at. Um, I just want to get a date and start, you know, making some adjustments and prepare for the for the opportunity. For me, I, I was thinking, you know, Cinco de Mayo weekend obviously would be great because, you know, it'd be a, if it was in the States, it would it'd be a great weekend for us to have that uh, that fight. And they can't have that card in Brazil because I think there's like a two-week mandatory quarantine. That's what I heard too, yeah. And I think yesterday Davison was talking to MMA Fighting about how much money he would kind of expect from that quadrilogy. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on, on that? I, I believe he said one million. Yeah, one million and pay-per-view points. <laughs> no, no, I always think of like Austin Powers, like one million dollars, <laughs> you know? I mean, hey, listen, I mean. It's fine. Yeah. Ask what you want to ask for. All I care about is that we get the fourth chance. And it's crazy, too, because I think that was the immediate conversation. And we were talking before the podcast started. It wasn't Francis Nagan. It wasn't Cyril Gon. Brandon, by far, in Anaheim had the largest pop. Like, you have so much respect. The people that are coming out to watch you. I mean, I, I remember it was the Arizona fight, too. And you were sharing that card with Nate Diaz and stuff like that. And now you and Nate are friends. It seems like no matter what your situation is, what you have done and your style of fighting and you being authentic and charismatic to yourself, you are a fan favorite at flyweight. You're doing something in the flyweight division that hasn't been done before, especially in terms of a popularity standpoint. Man, and again, I love it. I love that idea because I go with the same. Like, I'm just want to fight 
I just want to enjoy these kind of moments, like uh, make fun with the with the media, you know, sp spend a good time in 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 those moments when every single fighter, the most part of the fighters are like very stressful, like very serious because I had, man, make weight sucks, like, you know, and be, being tired every day sucks, definitely. But I don't know, man, I just try to be very positive every day and the people can see that and... I understand the part of Figueredo talking about money because I feel like that is another thing, you know, because everybody wants more money in, in their life, right? Because it's a, it's, it's a good uh, a skill to get your success and that kind of success in life. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I have the fans by my side a little bit, and, but I don't care about money. I just want the title, right? So... Yes, obviously I want money, but I just want to fight against him. I don't want to put any excuses. I don't want to put like any obstacles in the middle of the way to get the title. I just want to give me the date, give me the, the title, the, the title again, the opportunity for the title, and that's it. And obviously that's what's going to happen too, because the, I've brought up their names earlier: Kaikar France and Askar Askarov. Like until the way the fight played out and how close it was, and I obviously watched the fight round one. Obviously, that went to Figgy. Round two was yours. Round three to Figgy's. Round four to yours. And then the controversy would be in round five, how everyone scores it, where the knockdowns are and the control and everything like that. But just the way it all played out and just the way the scenario is, I mean, you have to feel like a winner. And, and you know you know what? Um, I'm trying to be very positive. I, and I try, I'm trying to keep a, some balance of this because... If I'm still like still thinking like no 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 I I I won that fight and I don't care nothing like I feel like I can stuck a little bit and don't watch my mistakes in the fight because I made mistakes there man and I need to go to the gym and put some work there and try to fix it. But at the same time, like watch the fight again and watch like I I really really I won that fight and that gives me a really good positive vibe like you know I made mistakes but. I can do it, man. I, I'm still the champion. I, I need to work, but I'm just like, I had a kind of bad night, but man, it is what it is. I'm alive right now and I can do something in the future. But seeing him for a third time, <clears throat> what surprised you this time that you weren't expecting going into the fight? Huh. You know what? I mean, you know, I, I saw the, f I watched the fight bef uh, before, like, like twice. I feel like I was the better fighter, I, like, I tried to fight, to, to I tried to finish the fight, uh, you know, to connect the punches, but definitely he had a better game plan. You know, he used his weapons, he used all the angles, you know, he started to move around the octagon, he, you know, waiting for me, and he connect uh, three really good punches in all the fight, you know, he connect really good kicks too, and it, and it is what it is, that works for him because the, the judges gave him the, the, the decision, you know, um, I need to work in base of in base of that. Like, man, you know, you know, you are very brave. You know, you are like very aggressive. Maybe try to to take more control on that on that scenario. For the upcoming quadrilogy, whenever that comes about, will there be any significant changes that you're gonna make leading into that in terms of like your camp and everything? And I thought you were gonna train with Canelo when the Schmo interviewed you. <laughs> yeah. I said, you told me oh, you were yeah. gonna train with Canelo for the upcoming fight. Did you do that? Man, I, I don't did it for this for this last one because I went for five weeks 
to Tijuana for my uh, to my training camp there in 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 Antrim. and I was like very focused, you know. I uh, and I love to get new knowledge when I'm out of camp, like. I don't have a, a training, uh, a fight coming soon, so I can go get new knowledge and try to do something different. But when I'm in like preparing myself for a, for a fight, I just like go f go and, and do sparring, go and do your strength and conditioning, like just go hard and that's it. So I don't do that before uh, uh, because I feel like that moment when I was like out of camp, I was like very busy, like going to everywhere, like going to Mexico City, going to Los Angeles, going to San Diego. Uh, I meet I meet Canelo there, right? And when I had time, I start with the training camp, like, okay, let's go. And when I was in my training camp, I was like very focused. Like I don't want to put like any excuses because my training camp was amazing. I don't have any serious injury or something like that. I was very focused in the gym every day. The training camp was like hard. Was one of the the toughest uh, training camps I I had. Um, I've been had so I don't know, man. Uh, maybe this training camp. Um, I need I need to do something different. You never you never know. I've been thinking with a lot of people like, hey, man. I mean, even with this uh, result in in this fight, I feel like you evolved too much. Just you need to make a better game plan for the for the next one and and see what happens though. I, I feel ready. And uh, something I did want to bring up too, because obviously we talked about it before as well. So I do do a show with Henry Cejudo. Obviously there's a history with Henry Cejudo, uh, the Triple C and Schmo show. He's a friend of mine. He's been a friend of yours. And you love it. <laughs> hey, I'm a business guy. You can appreciate that, man. I'm trying to compete with ESPN. So yeah. one thing we talked last night, and he did want to say this because this isn't out there. This is not the cringe. This is the person. This is the human and stuff like that. There's certain things he wanted me to say, and all positive. And I just want to start by saying this, and this is on behalf of Henry, and it was on speakerphone. Henry, uh, Helen heard witness. the whole thing. She heard the whole thing. But basically, him working with Figgy, all business in the sense that nothing personal whatsoever. It's Figgy had a dream, a legacy that he wants to achieve, and Henry can relate to that of his own, and he helped him from that standpoint. Obviously, ESPN's done their stories and of stuff course. like that about the history and whatnot, and you're a great human. That No one's <laughs> questioning that whatsoever. I think at the time, you know, with the whole Benavides thing and his all pop and everything like that, he didn't understand, and he felt hurt. But in the past few months, he's been a father, and he's had a daughter for the first time. And something that you can relate to, what he couldn't have at this specific time, it's like he didn't realize what it's like to have a family and have responsibilities. And when you had the choice into training with Joe for that fight and everything like that, he didn't understand at that time. What he said to me last night, which is the first time I ever heard, he's like, I can understand. As a father now, I understand what he was going through. And all this stuff, when it's all said and done, all business, Brandon's a great guy always friends, always at heart. I want to make amends when this is all said and done. And, uh, you know, he likes you and nothing's ever personal. <laughs> and that's, that's just what he wanted to relay. Man, you know, that that's awesome because at the end of the day, everybody has uh, his own version of the history, right? I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know if the Henry Sejudo, the human <laughs> being, or Henry Sejudo, the cringe triple C, is talking in some points of this version. But I mean, talking about my version of the history, I mean, I, re I remember that moment in my life because that was after the, the Ultimate Fighter, I fought in short notice against Luis Smolka. Actually, it's funny because Jason loved that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you would bring that up right now, wouldn't you? <laughs> 
Another client. <laughs> it's a funny story, I'll tell you. So, okay. not on the podcast, off the podcast? I can tell you whenever, but I'll, I'll tell you. I think, I think yeah. we got we to gotta add that. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, I, I get the, the, the short notice fight against Luis Smolka. And after that, uh, like a few weeks after... Um, my coach uh, called me and said, hey, I have another fight for you in, in the two finale, that finale with uh, with um, Henry and Joe and against Ray Borg, no, against Ryan Benoit. And I said, oh, let's go, okay. But in that moment, all my all my, my training partners went to Mexico City. From All my training partners from Tijuana went to Mexico City because uh, the finale of the, the Ultimate <clears throat> Fight of Latin America, their season was there in Mexico City. And so the the... They needed to, to train in elevation, you know, because, you know, again, Mexico City is hard, man. If you don't prepare yourself for the fight in elevation, it's your, you're assigning your deck right, that, right, right there. So everybody was there. So in Tijuana, it was long. And, you know, in that moment, Henry was training with Pantoja in, in Arizona. So I like, man, I don't want to train with him. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to train with him. So I was completely alone in that moment, like, man, what what, what can I do? After the, the ultimate final, I, I, I was talking with myself and saying like, man, I mean, I don't want to train with, I don't want to train with Henry and I don't want to train with Joe, with Joe. But in that moment when you are alone and like you, like you say, I, was, I had my, my, my daughter, Madison, yes. in that moment, I was like, man, this is my career. And this is not just my career, this is my family, man. And a lot of people can put uh, uh, their own opinion in everything and in life and more in this in this era wh where you have a really easy opinion with social media. But anybody thinks about your life, man. So, man, I, I, I took my decisions. I went uh, with Joe. And obviously, if I say this to Henry, maybe he don't believe in this. But, man, Joe was a really... A really professional because I was even weird because he when we we went like together he don't want to talk nothing about Henry when I was with him you know we we are like I don't know maybe in the kitchen uh, like eating breakfast I don't know and every all the team was there and was weird because I was there and Joe wouldn't say nothing about Henry or the game plan or if, he never asked me nothing about him you know and I, I understand it's really hard to believe <laughs> but. I don't know, man. The people can see I'm just I'm just trying to be very honest always. But talking about you know the family when you understand the life when you were you're not alone, yeah, man. Everything 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 changed. And clearly he was not in that state of mind a few years ago, and now his entire life changed. <clears throat> and I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about Joe Benavides, like one of the nicest guys around, yeah. just like you. Great human. Guys are really, you know, and obviously talking about Joseph. I mean. I I can't lie with you, man. I mean, he's amazing. He's a really nice guy. And actually, right now, I I talk with him like, man, I don't know what happened. I don't. I I wanna be out of all this drama. Like, man, like, coach, sorry. I don't. I don't wanna put you in in troubles. But yeah, man. What's the Louis Smoker yeah. story? <laughs> I'm gonna leave you off the hook on that. We have, yeah. we have time to listen. Now. Yeah. So that was October of 2016. Yep. And at the time, we were under the impression had Lewis won, he would have gotten a title shot. He's supposed to fight Pettis, right? So we were still assuming with Brandon coming in, well, if we get this win, we've been on a pretty good win streak, that we'd get the title shot. At the time, you know, I, I might have had I don't know, maybe 10, 15 UFC clients. It wasn't very much back then. You know, we really 
robbing Peter to pay Paul back then. And so I was dating my wife at the time for maybe three or four months at that time. And so, you know, Brandon came in, had a phenomenal performance, you know, uh, Obviously, I'm devastated at the time because uh, <laughs> Lewis and I, for those, for many of you that know, we've been through hell and back together. Like, Lewis is family to me. Like, I love him and you, me to death, and Lucy, my goddaughter. So I, I came home, and I was a real poor sport, and Elisa's family and Elisa were just giggity-goo over Brandon, <laughs> right? Like, man, Brandon is so nice, and he was so sweet, and man, you got to love him, huh? And this and that. And I don't think they really understand like how hard the losses are in this sport. And I, I, mean, I was almost to the point, like, you know, like, you know, F you guys, you know, like, I don't want to hear about any of this right now. Leave me alone. And so, it, you know, Elisa, Brandon was Elisa's favorite fighter. Like She was in his DMs, like, hey, you don't know me, but I think you and my husband work really good together. And she'd always be like, oh, Brandon's on this card. And I'd always be kind of jaded, like, Man, what's with you and Brandon? Like, man, we're team, you know, like I'll be so, I'm still bitter about the loss with Smoka, you know? So it's just kind of funny because even the day that Cheeto called me and said, hey, Brandon's going to call you. I think he needs management. My wife was like so excited. Put it on speaker. Put it on speaker. That's my client. I'm like, that's not your client. You know? Like, what are you talking about? But she like loved him. Like would follow all his fights. Like, you know, we would, I think one time, I don't think we even had a guy on the card and she wanted to watch because Brandon was fighting. And I was like, it's a weekend off. What are you talking about? You know, so... It's just funny because her family still gives me crap about it to this day. Like, see, we picked a winner. We knew he was going to be a good kid and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, guys, whatever, you know, like. <laughs> but it's crazy, too, because 108 clients, but yeah. everybody is so respectful and yeah. they always fight yeah. and they always fight each other, which, man, that's that's a beast to manage and a yeah. beast to maintain. But you guys do a good job doing it. A yeah. great job doing Thank it. Thank you. Underrated. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's real simple. You just treat every client as individual and you give them your best. You love them to death. What they have to do inside the cage, if they have to fight each other, that's their 15 minutes. Doesn't it doesn't change what I do outside of the cage? They're still gonna get all the love and attention and and my best efforts and Jacob and Jeremy and Joe and Lance and add the whole team. So it's really uh, it's easy for us. And you had to move to Vegas during the pandemic too, because literally every single weekend, not just the UFC, yeah. LFA, mm -hmm. all the different organizations, you have guys going all the time. Yeah. But here at the Apex, especially when there's all these fight nights. Even one this week I'm so excited for. It's the ultimate fighter. Brian yeah. Battle is yeah. finally fighting. Tayshawn uh, Gore. I mean, that that yeah. fight, yeah. I was stoked to see that fight. And so down when yeah. Gore had to pull out for injury. And now this weekend, if people aren't paying attention to that fight night, I cannot wait for Pooh Bear to yes. finally fight. Yes. <laughs> this is his first fight since the ultimate fighter, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm excited for it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, uh, Pooh Bear kind of reminds me a lot of Brandon. Just his upbringing and just his kind of like being very underrated on tough. And he's just one of those kids that just has big heart, you know, just so tough and big heart. And he's evolving. And he look, I mean, he looks in phenomenal shape already for this camp. So I'm just real excited to see him finally have. Uh, the, I think like now he's able to train as professional, right? Coming off the show and, and getting the finances and stuff. So I'm very happy for him. And next weekend, I believe Alex Perez <clears throat> is yep. fighting Matt Schnell. Yeah, yeah, it's that's another one of those contender fights. It's too, another one. Flyweight. It's another one. You know, so. It's funny because uh, bringing what you said about all the guys, like I think Alex was the first one to text me after the fight, you know, and he had nothing but positive things to say, and he was the one saying thing Brandon won, and you know that's kind of crazy to say, right? Because these guys are they're, they're neck and neck in the division. That's the truth of the matter, right? I mean, even for a Christmas gift, he he knows uh, I love his daughters to death. He, he got me a mug with the, the three girls on the mug and stuff. Alex did, you know, and. I just showed you that uh, that's what makes me most happy with the camaraderie of the team. You know, I know there's going to be times they're going to have to fight and that's inside the cage, but I'm glad we're not bad mouthing or we're always, you know, they understand it's just a sport and it's a business. And, you know, 
I felt like you know he was one of the first people. I, it's funny. It's funny I face this now. Yumi Lewis's wife caught my eye in the in the in the arena to like you know say is she like sorry and to give me like kind of like just saying how much she loved us when I was next to uh, Shirley. And she texted me, and it was Alex Second. So isn't that crazy? Out of all the things you would think, right? <laughs> It'd probably be other people that would be texting me first. But that night, I didn't get very many text messages. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You know, like, you see that stuff. No, it's not crazy. It's perfect. Yeah, you, some press sometimes it's fine. You see that? You've seen those posts before, like <laughs> you know, on Instagram and stuff. But until you actually live it, you don't understand it. Like when Brandon won, it literally took me like three days. Like there's, I mean, it was hundreds. I mean, people from high school. I mean, it was amazing. I was a great kid. <laughs> from high school? From high school. Dude, I saw you on TV. You were in the octagon. Man, I love that freaking kid. I didn't know you repped him. Man, I'm so happy for you. And so you're just trying to respond to everyone. We lost. It was like it was like the, the people that, you know, very small in the yeah. circle, right? The Perez, the smoke, the people that are in the business that know how gutting this is right now, right? And um, yeah, so I mean. But isn't that so interesting too? And you notice that with people as well. Everyone wants to be associated with a winner. Or if they perceive oh. you doing well they just want to jump on the train and everything yeah. but then if you're quiet if you're out of the limelight for a few weeks you're silent or if you get a loss and you're yeah. not on top but people just want to be associated with winning and stuff like yeah. that do you ever find it difficult to balance between how fake people are and then the real people because <laughs> you know you get a mix of it you especially does, yeah. especially in the past few months of your life the past year and a half of your life really man that is a nice question because no, you know what? Actually, I feel I feel like they in when I was 2018, you know, they I always say the same like my worst year of my life. That gave me like a lot of experience because I remember before that year, like media, everything was like on my name like, you know, because I I was the the main event in Mexico City against Paris, then I went to 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 Chile against Pantoja, all the media was like there. And after when I lost the, the two fights, I was like along, just with my family and my daughters and my, my wife, um, my parents, obviously, my training partners, but that's it, okay? So that in that moment, I was younger, with less experience, I feel like very, very bad. But right now, I man, I'm enjoying it too much, like, you know, I'm very positive. Like I don't went to Mexico City for media tours. I don't do nothing. Like, oh, I can go with my. Fa I can be a little. I spend a little bit more time with my family. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to use these parts to stay positive. You know, because at the end of the day, I know my people. I know the people around me who are like, very, who really love me. You know, you know. Again, in this era, everybody has a, a very easy opinion because social media. Okay, and I understand if I had haters, like in the last year, I mean, imagine I, they don't have any material against me since 2019. So they need some something, right? <laughs> and someone that keeps it real too, Nate Diaz. Yeah. I think, did you see his tweet? Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's awesome, right? I mean, I, I, I miss him after, you know, in Arizona. Yeah. He was like awesome with me, and I, I I always say the same because 
maybe the people can speak like, oh, this guy is a gangster. He's the, you know, the tough guy. And Brandon Moreno is the, that skinny little kid, like always smiling and be an asshole with everybody, making jokes. But the guy was like awesome since the first time. So I'm starting to talk a little bit with him. Then we 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 did like a photo shoot uh, like a few months ago, something like that. I don't remember well, but uh, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to talk a little bit more with him. And, you know, the guy is awesome and he supports me. And obviously, I'm working I'm working with Represent, so it's an, another connection we have together. So yeah, I, I don't want to say like oh he's a, a close friend or a friend or something, but I mean he's like by my side. That, that's awesome. Someone else you work with too. It's a sponsor of our show. I saw you do a photo shoot with them too. Sheath underwear. How comfortable are those sheath underwears? You guys probably have a bunch of it, but uh, I still have more gifts for you guys. Yes, more yes. more underwear too. You can't get enough <laughs> of the sheath yes. underwear. Yes. But how good is it? And maybe it was a little weird at first separating those, the pouch from the balls, but how those, nice are those? Those ones are one of my favorites. This color. <laughs> when are they making the Brandon Moreno Man, limited edition they need ones? They, need, they, 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 ha they, have, they have one with uh, a collab with Cobo, right? Con Cobo. I yeah. think so. I don't. I don't oh, remember. They yes. have a uh, yeah. Hey, they need a chief. We need to do something more special. Hundred percent. They're they're great but underwear. Man, I'm very comfortable. I'm, obviously, the people need to need to feel it first because the idea sounds like we're like oh, but man. I don't know. It's it's weird to talk a little bit more. Yeah, but I remember it's very like, when Jacob Center was like, "What's the big deal?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, I see." <laughs> yeah, I mean, but especially someone who's active all the time and living in Vegas in the summertime, like oh, yeah. a ball of stick yeah, and, yeah. and a hot climate, they're great. Uh, check them out: sheathunderwear.com. Promo awesome. code schmo twenty percent off. But uh, what's the deal with Legos, man? How the hell did Ooh. they not sponsor this guy? If there's ever a perfect athlete, like you're, we're yeah. staring yeah. at him. <laughs> it's so funny you bring this up because I have a couple clients, Orion and Lewis Cosi, were in a group chat with Jacob, and they were just talking about, man, this is baloney. They should be sponsoring you guys. And I think the response we got was that Brandon doesn't identify with their target audience. Like, I guess, I guess it's children, yeah. you know? And Orion, Orion says something funny. Uh, what's the other brand? Builder Blocks or something? Yeah. He was like, you should go to them and <laughs> see what that audience is. <laughs> you know, they're joking around. And I was just like, guys, guys, come down. It, it'll all come to fruition in time. They'll see the the power of Brandon Moreno. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's very nice when you love a brand because I love Lego, man. You know, like that's it. I mean, I, I don't. If they give me money and they give me sets, like, come on, I love it. But I really love the brand, and I spend uh, some time building Legos to relax myself. But, man, you know, actually, Lego has a lot of targets, different targets, you know. Actually, they, they made an, um, uh, a TV show, uh, Lego Masters. They are, like, professional uh, Lego builders doing an amazing masterpieces. Uh, I'm not in that in that uh, area, obviously. But but that's awesome. They, they have a lot of targets, hopefully in the future, man. I mean, I mean, I guarantee you, like, if they just did a dedicated MMA, like, you know, edition, like they do for a Star Wars edition and made you the face of it, yeah. like they could bring in so many different yeah. fans because I'm someone who grew up building Legos all the time. And obviously you get to an age where you stop because of, you know, responsibility. Some of us, I guess, or some of us, you, different respons <laughs> you allocate your time. But I guarantee you that you'd have such a loyal MMA audience if you were leading the charge for Legos. Just say it. And they need to listen to that. Man. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean, I spent too much money in Legos, so hopefully they can help me in the future. <laughs> I always wonder, like, when he first started dating Shirley, did he, like, she, like, come over and, like, oh, here's my Lego set, you know? And she's like, oh, 
cool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you have to have, you have to be a really confident man to, uh, to have well, the luggage. I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> But is, is your daughters as enthusiastic about Legos as you? Because they're they're approaching that age where yeah, you know. they had. I mean, my my older daughter uh, had some seasons like building Legos with me. But she's like, she just wanna she just wanna build the Lego and then start to destroy everything or live there. <laughs> and then my my other daughters, Megan, the middle one, start to destroy everything. But yeah, you know. Leading up to the fight, just to segue to something, too, I, the schmo asked Dana White, I thought it was a pretty good question at the press conference, if he could foresee a situation where there'd be another Brandon Moreno, where he has someone signed to the UFC and he cuts them and they become a champion. He didn't answer that. I mean, yeah, I don't blame him. It was a, you know, distracting everything like that. And, and you said, I'm still sad about that. Still need to talk to him. I'm assuming you haven't had the opportunity to do that. But fuck, I don't ever see a scenario where that can happen again. I mean, can you? The story is pretty amazing. I, I movie. Think, yes, it, it's. A, yeah. I, I've said this before. It, it's a movie. It really is, and it will be once we get this quadrilogy done. Uh, but you know, a lot of moving parts had to happen, right? Like the removal of the flyweight division, because you know, had that not happened, he probably wouldn't have been cut, right? They, they would have kept him. You know, he had a good record in the UFC. I'll, I'll, there's just so many things. Like even when you guys are talking about, like, you know, uh, the fans when you win, when you lose. Like I remember his first fight outside the UFC in LFA. I remember thinking, like, man, this guy was main event in Mexico City. We're at uh, Casino Morongo in, in California. He's warming up outside in a tent with a little mat space. He rolled his ankle a few minutes before the fight. I was, oh, all, remember I, that? I, I was all nervous. Like, I was having a meltdown. I think he realized he started. They was like, oh. You know, like, well, it's my wife's favorite fighter. She's already drilling me on the opponent, on the matchup, what we're doing. She's like, you know, give me the fifth degree. I'm like, hey, calm down, Juan. It's going to be okay. And uh, I remember it was just, it was like Raul and your brother. Yeah. And I think Shirley was in the stands. Yes. And we were fighting Michael Perez, great guy, comes from a great gym, Kings MMA. But I mean, they had like the Gracie train, right? They had everyone there and all the fans. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, I remember being so nervous. I threw up backstage. I really did because in my head I was thinking, <laughs> m mind you, at this point, I had already done a, I already done the rebuild of Louis Smoka. Okay. Three wins in 10 months. He lost four straight in the UFC, got cut, alcoholism, got him sober at my house, got him, got him back in the UFC. That was November of 2018. Fast forward, we're in 2019. And I know a loss here could be could be the nail in the coffin, and people don't realize that. Everyone in the crowd probably has no idea. Like, oh, cool, Brandon Moreno's here, but he's got two people in his corner, warming outside in a tent, months from being a main event of a UFC, hardly any fans there, no one's really cheering for him, and it's just crazy. You'll never know, but for me, that's one of the most pivotal moments of my whole career. Like, if you never thought, if you never looked at something, thought, oh my gosh, everything was on the line for him. He was backstage laughing. He was. I remember he was like, oh, he's raising his hands, champion. He's messing around with me, and I'm like, oh, you're having fun, bro, because. <laughs> I'm sweating this big time, you know, like I'm over here nervous as can be. I'd already had talks with the UFC, so I knew there were kind of some grumblings about them bringing back the flyweight division. So now it kind of added steam to how important this fight was. And he came back, Brandon 2.0 that night, and he looked amazing. He didn't look any, any nerves in the cage. He fought phenomenally. And then Mick called me, it was the next day, right? We were talking. Yeah. I called you at Disneyland and said, you're yes, back in the UFC. You told me that. And, I, and it was just like, dude, what a moment, you know, like you're just sitting back thinking like, it's just crazy, kind of go off what you're saying. Like, could it ever happen? I don't know. Like, that's such a – and you got to think, LFA, credit to them, they don't really sign UFC veterans, right? Like, their, yeah. their MO is we're going to build young prospects up. And I remember, like, looking at Jeremy, my partner, going, like, dude, what the hell are we going to do with Brandon? We had an offer of Combate. We didn't want to do that. And, and Jeremy's like, let me, let me talk to LFA. Let me see if I can get this fight, get this fight. And he jumped all over it. 
there's a lot of a lot of things you look back on like man one one decision here one thing there you just don't know you know mick doesn't get a hair up his ass and go hey we're gonna bring the flyweight division back originally they're talking about doing a tournament they're gonna do a 16 man ninja tournament you know they're doing this whole thing that, that, that UFC was a, doesn't do tournament like 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 that. that was the idea. But Mick, okay. Mick, Mick was spitballing. Sorry, Mick. I don't know if I was supposed to say this stuff. Yeah. But we were, we were spitballing this, and I'm like, dude, just bring him back because I'd always been flyweight heavy, right? I had Ian McCall to start in the original four. I've yeah. always been heavy on the flyweights, and I doubled down. Brandon, Alex, Brandon Royval, all those guys I've had. You know, I mean, I stayed with him through all the cuts and everything. You know, so yeah. And he was talking about me, like, dude. Do anything. Do a 16 man tournament. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Just bring him back. You know. And, <laughs> it's just crazy because I don't I don't know if it could ever happen like that again to see someone like Brandon go from that high to that low right from being a main event to being cut that fast it, I don't think it happened unless you were to cut a division I don't see it right because usually if you're main eventing you probably have a few fight grace right like right. you're like you pr- you probably have space to lose a couple you're not going to get cut from that right he lost to Pantoja you're out it's one of a kind situation yeah it has like, to be what like, that's nuts it's <laughs> it's absolutely crazy and now. Do you guys ever think where it's like the quadrilogy? It's going to happen. More history, history yeah. in the making, yeah. a movie in yeah. the making. Yeah. Imagine, hey, I dream with that. A movie of Brando Moreno? Hey. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm telling you this right now. I, I, need, to, I, I need to put my manager to work there. No, it is. Your, <laughs> manager, your manager is already working on it, but the story's still being written. But it, it, it will happen. It, it will happen. And uh, someone else that you manage too that's going to get a title shot coming up too. I want to bring him up. Korean Zombie. KZ. Against Volkanovski. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great too. And then yeah. uh, speaking of how small this sport really is too, he trains out of fight ready <laughs> over there in Arizona, Coach Eddie Chan, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Obviously, that's the rivalry there, yeah. but like Coach Eddie's a great guy. And I know it's not a part of that too. He was not in the corner specifically. Yeah. It's a gym. They have different coaches yeah. and stuff like that. But the way the relationships are and the way you can carp compartmentalize the differences yeah. between camps and stuff like that that just shows you where this sport is and how it's growing and and just the quality of humans yeah. that are really involved with it i met eddie Chaw 11 years ago 12 years ago i remember when he had one one fighter in his whole gym when he was making the majority of his money teaching taekwondo to the children so to see him have his moments with cejudo to see him have moments with kz and or figueredo i told him like hey man listen it's 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 it, it sucks that we're across the cage from each other, obviously, you know, because he's with Figueredo and I'm with Brandon. But two two guys coming from the same neck of the woods of Anaheim and Diamond Bar and coming all the way there, like, phew, I'm proud of you, you know. And I, I text him after the fight, love you, coach, great job. See you soon. <laughs> you know? so, so so go back to, to Zombie's immediate reaction when he found out that Holloway's out of this fight, like he's up next. Like, what's his immediate reaction? So let, let's backtrack. So when I think it was uh, – the first time Volkanovski and Ortega got pushed back, right? There were talks of keeping that fight on. We had gotten a phone call, like, hey, could you be ready? And I called Zombie, and he was like, yeah. And I remember in that phone call, he said, hey, Jay, listen to me. Anytime they call for a title fight, because you know the time difference, sometimes he doesn't answer. He said, dude, I don't care if it's a week, two weeks, three minutes, three hours. I'm in. I'm like, okay. So when the thing happened, I, I texted Sean. I said, hey, Zombie's in. He goes, okay, then. Let's get going. And I said, okay, cool call me you know and that's kind of how it happened and i woke up zombie he like i literally he facetimed him he's like in bed you know like hey bro got a title shot he's like oh great you know and started making accommodations to come to arizona and you know zombie's another one like he's another great guy man just a great family guy like i'm really lucky i have the best the best guys like they're so amazing they're just honestly the best people it's so unpredictable the sport too because anything could happen somebody could pull out you got to stay ready you got to be ready and when your name is called 
you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it fun for sure. Uh, another person I wanted to bring up too, Cheeto Vera. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Like, what's his situation? What, what, where are we at with him getting him a fight next? Uh, I mean, we're ready. Uh, we, there was small dialogue of main eventing February 19th, uh, a few weeks back. That didn't work out. You know, when you get into the rankings, it gets kind of tough, right? Because there's only so many people ahead of you. So you kind of have to uh, kind of log jams a little bit, right? There's only four or five people that you can truly fight at any given time. So that, that's the hard part. But he's ready to go. Like, he's calling me every day. Like, he, he'll fight this weekend if, if I called him. Like, he is – life is a training camp for Cheeto Vera, and I, and I respect the hell out of him for it. But, uh, you know, we're looking for something big. You know, coming off Edgar, you know, we want someone in that top five. I really don't care who it is, to be honest. You know what I mean? But whoever, whoever wants to get – you know, Rob Font, Dominic Cruz, Sanhagen, where are they at? We're ready, you know, so – and I say that respectfully to all those guys, but I mean, we're ready to take those guys on. And if it wasn't for some reason one of those guys in the top five, top seven, someone who's now ranked, who wasn't previously ranked, who he's got to win over, who doesn't really like to acknowledge it. And a lot of your guys in the Bantamweight division call this guy out. They don't get that fight. Uh, is Sean O'Malley. I feel like that fight's way too big to not happen at some point one way or another. That rematch, right? When Sean's ready to do it again, we will. And I mean, has that ever been offered again? Like Yes, has, and we've said yes. And Ooh. it's just been on his side just saying Ooh. no to it. I can't speculate what goes on on their side or their dialogue. You know, I have a lot of respect for Sean and his people, but we're ready. I mean, has Cheeto Vera ever said no? No. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't tempt Cheeto with the good time. <laughs> what about uh, like Dominic Cruz? Because I know his name's been floated yeah. out there too, but it was after, it was actually before his most recent victory. Yeah. But, it, uh, it, it would be an honor. We've 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 had discussions in the past. You know, I know Dom has a very busy schedule. You know, he's very successful in commentating and doing his thing, and you know, it'd be an honor to fight him too. You know, I mean, guys like Cheeto and Brandon, like it blows my mind. It blows my mind if you really want to do a deep dive on their history from the Ultimate Fighter and kind of where they're coming from, and you know, not being very highly touted as one of the, to the top prospects in Latin America, and to see how far they both have come. You know, like we're talking about Cheeto Vera fighting Dominic Cruz. If you'd have told me this three four, five, six years ago, you'd be like, oh, I don't know, you know, we're just we're coming along, we're doing our thing. But I sometimes I truly believe it's not who's good, it's who's left. I truly believe that in this business, that that's what really drives those guys. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is a huge topic and stuff like that, we talked about it. This is a business and there's so much value that's brought to the table. And sometimes when people report what people's compensations are, there are so mm -hmm. many bonuses and things that people don't yeah. get to see. And like, for example, even let's talk about Brandon too. After he became champion, he went on this entire media tour throughout yeah. all of Mexico, throughout the United States, like fun. to the likes of what they, the UFC would do with a Conor McGregor and a yeah. Ronda Rousey. I can't think of anyone the past couple of years they've done that with, with you. And I know how easy you are to work with and it just explodes. But the side of it that people don't see because everyone's just focusing <clears throat> on the negative with UFC is the opportunities that it opens up for you outside of it, the revenue yeah. that is drawn to you. And I think just someone from your shoes and representing 180 of these guys in this organization, I think there's a lot of things that you see that you know you can't talk about too yeah. because it's it's a business and you understand mm -hmm. it. And I think just for the audience listening to it, like it's not just, oh, let's just shit on the UFC. There's a lot of positives they bring and a yeah. lot of revenue that people don't see on pen to paper and all the numbers that people are looking at they don't tell the whole story. Yeah. Like, for example, you brought up the media tour. I remember meeting with Monster. We met with Hans the Thursday before your fight went out to lunch. And I remember he was joking, are you ready for this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. We're in Phoenix. You know, I'm like, we're going to do this. <laughs> so we did the deal with Monster. And I think at the time you, you were at 240,000 followers, I believe. I believe that's where we were at, uh, give or take. 
I think within 42, 43 days of his fight, we broke a million. And to sit here, I mean, obviously, Brandon did great performance in the cage, you know, and he, he did his part as well. But you can't sit there and say that the UFC didn't do their part either in, in taking us around the world and getting us the media tour and getting us all those things. It, it definitely added help. It, it definitely, you know, you get the 800-pound gorilla behind you. It can really do good things. I think sometimes uh, it goes unnoticed. And I, I know I'm very grateful. Lillian from the UFC, I mean, and Juan, they did a phenomenal job for yeah. us. And you know the name of the game. The following right now is, is, is a large part of how you earn your income outside of the cage. And so they definitely helped us out a lot. And, you know, sometimes it's tough, too. Like even like the, you know, CSAC just, uh, released the pays for the fighters. And I think a lot of those numbers were, were off. And uh, I'm not sure why, but, I mean, a lot of people are asking me, did Brandon make this? And I was like, guys, I'm not discussing Brandon's money, but those numbers are inaccurate, you know? Was it, was it like the bases that were off or the full compensation? Like The, what, base, the base pays were off. I just wonder where – so they were – where they get that information and the confidence yeah. to release it if it's yeah. not accurate. I mean, yeah. you would know because you see it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I mean, I just feel like, uh, you know, we're very happy the UFC's done right by us, so. And it's, I mean, I, and actually it's like very tough, like, because like you say, like everybody's like everything negative against the, the company. But I mean, talking about my specific situation, I mean, they are building a brand with me, man. I mean, I'm, and I'm very happy. Because yes, like 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 Jason said, like before the the fight in Arizona, like a few day, a few days before, like my social media was like, eh, you know, good numbers. But after the fight, but after the promotion and after everything, the media tours, I mean, social media explodes, explode like hard, and. You know, right now I'm very happy. So, and, and to me, it's very uncomfortable when I need to talk with money or something like that. Uh, because in my, you know, I'm from Mexico and it's hard. You know, I mean, I love my, I, I love my country. I love the traditions. I love my culture. I love Tijuana. I love my city. But I mean, it's real. You know, in some point, it, my country is a little bit dangerous. So my family is there. In Tijuana, my parents are there in Tijuana. I don't like to talk too much about money or try to put something in social media talking about like something. But I mean, right now I'm I'm very happy and I'm tr obviously at the same time trying to be very smart with the money and you know trying to build to build my my legacy and leave something uh, nice for for my daughters and you know and my family. And what, what does bother me when people talk about money and they compare boxing to mixed martial arts is they always bring up Tyson Fury. They always bring up Canelo, the guys at yeah. the top, but they don't talk about the guys in the undercards, the guys at the very bottom, what they're making. I've never seen people use that argument and compare it to the people at the, just getting into the UFC. And, and that, that kind of is what really bothers me too. And they don't realize people, they don't talk about the frequency of events yeah. that, that fighters – you know, have the opportunity to fight and to make, and just when the world was shut down, what was going on? That that was the one thing that that bothered me was, um, I felt like you know, Dana White and the UFC and Hunter and all, and all of them, they were trailblazers. They found a path and they found a way that I think a lot of sports, try, a lot of other sport leagues, try to emulate the the protocols that they had implemented. And I felt like they're, you know, they took a lot of heat in the media for trying to do events during the pandemic and trying to find a way to produce an income during the pandemic for these fighters. And I felt like, okay, you want to criticize them or, or kind of um, question what they're doing right now. But then when it worked, no one did anything to say, hey, what they did worked. They, you know, they didn't put anyone's health in risk, right? Like they had a great system that worked. If anyone tests positive, they removed them, you know, quarantined them and took care of it. I just feel like if you're going to, 
be critical of people, that's fine, but you better come back with the praise if if they turn out to be right, I guess is my thing. You know, it's just like, hey, like, come on, man. Like, you got to give credit where credit is due. Everybody wants more money, right? Everyone's yeah. going to talk about money, but like from your perspective, what can improve over time? What can be done to make things better? more is it is it healthcare? is it like what is the answer that you could see from your side to improve things? I, I think a lot of times you just have to realize how young the sport is i think this is year 20 we're going on year 20 the november will be year 29 right yep i mean if you look at where other sports were 29 years into their yeah. you know into the thing you'll see that man where was baseball 29 years in I believe guys were still working winter jobs. Yeah. You know, you look at That's NFL true. and you look at, you know, and NFL, I mean, I think their bargaining agreements, it took a long time, right? And took when they're merging of the leagues and a lot, a lot had to happen. And so I guess I just, I tend to look at the long, the long picture, the big picture and everything and just understand, you know, uh, it's going to take time for everything to keep growing and keep evolving. And for me, I, I feel like I've always had good relationships with the UFC. Obviously, you know, we negotiate, but I like to keep that behind closed doors. You know, I, I don't really tr- believe in negotiating publicly. I don't think that ever ends well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the one thing that is improving that I noticed from our perspective, and I know you'd agree to it, is the science, is the technology. Yeah. You have things yeah. like the PI. You oh. have things like nutrition, weight cutting, and stuff like that. We talk about how young this sport is, going on 29 years years young, think about the first couple of generations doing the sport, going to this gym for jujitsu, this gym for boxing, you know, this gym for wrestling. And now you have teams that do everything together. You have nutrition that Mm -hmm. can be knocked down, training, sleep, like things like the whoop, things like the aura ring and things that that are made available to you guys just by being a part of an organization. Those things are improving, the smartness of training and when to not train. And I think that part of fighter safety and health is not talked about enough. Agreed, agreed. I think the UFC's done a phenomenal job with that. I mean, I think like anybody talk about it, like anybody talk about the facility the UFC uh, give me, you know, and maybe start uh, a lot of people hear this like, ah, he's paying a little bit more for, to say good things about the company. But I promise no. Um, anybody talk about the facility of, uh, for example, the Performance Institute, man, I mean, they are paying for, for physical therapy. I, I go for physical therapy every day. Even if I just feel like sore, I go there and I have something to do, okay? I have the, the, the nutritionist, the dietitian there, you know, the strength and conditioning. Yes, you need to bring your, your own uh, coaches to do your job and your own training partners. But, I mean, man, they give me, like, free food every day. I mean, I, and sometimes I don't like, I prefer to eat in my house because I love the, the food of my wife. But, <laughs> I mean, I have food every uh, free every day so that's that's awesome i mean that helps too much for the fighters who are like maybe in the in the prelims you know like this guy this guy's helps too much and, and obviously helps to me too so that's that's awesome what would you say for fighters coming up and stuff like that like what's the best advice that you guys are learning about building your brand because i think everyone in this room we can all agree that building your brand is a pivotal thing especially in this day and age we live in with social media but what advice from your your side of things being in the managerial position and your advice being freaking flyweight champion one of the most popular fighters in the entire roster my advice would just be to be yourself I think uh, we kind of fell into, um, I kind of call it the, the trash talk era, right? Where Connor was so good at it. He was so natural at it, right? And he came in with the suits. And I think some I think some of the guys were trying to emulate that again instead of just being themselves. 
And I just feel like when you're yourself, you don't have to sell anything. People will resonate with you and people will get behind you. I think Brandon's a perfect example of that. I mean, he's a family man that plays with Legos and people love him. You know, people, people resonate with that. He's just himself. And I think that's why I think the Diaz brothers are so revered, right? They just are who they are. They're just themselves. And I feel like when you're, when you can do that, you know, uh, you'll be fine. I think this is the good guy era right now. The good guy era is kind of coming right though. Vera, Charles Rivera, um, you know, Dustin Poirier, Brandon, Glover Teixeira. You have a lot of good, the good guy eras come in where people are really liking to see these, these guys come in and have their success. Man, that's it. <laughs> no, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like I don't need to add nothing more. I mean, I like saving a lot of energy, just being myself, like, you know, I love when, for example, in fight week, watch all the fighters, like making way, like very serious, like at me, it's like, ah, just enjoying the moment, you know, just trying to enjoy the moment with the media, making jokes and, you know, everybody getting a, a nice time. Uh, I don't know, I mean, I'm just trying to be myself. I'm, I'm just trying to be very smart and be a, a, a family guy. I'm a human being and, um, Sometimes it's not like always the Brandon Moreno smiling every time, definitely. But if I can be um, that guy, like the most part of my time, like I, I will, right? Uh, and yeah, I definitely is the good guy era. That's why um, Shelton hate me. Chael, <laughs> <laughs> the king of trash talking. I always uh, am fascinated by the switch, you know? It's so tense leading up to the fight. And the second that the fight is over, the bromance, yeah, everything is yeah. off. You know, everything behind the the stages. The best. It's like, yeah. it's like, how long does that kumbaya last, right? Because <laughs> you enjoy that that kumbaya. Is a, and then it's like when Monday hits, it's all back to the yeah. intensity, the rivals. It's like yeah. we're in camp here and there. But I just love because this is such a, a close knit. The yeah. circle is so damn tiny in this sport, I love and it. it's so hard for people on the outsider. They're just watching now for the first time and becoming fans of it to truly get it and immerse themselves in it because it's just different. It's just yeah. so much different than the NFL, NBA, baseball, all that kind of stuff. And I know you've you have experience with a lot of the NFL guys and stuff like that and the different sides of things. So I know you definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of a kind for sure. It's really weird when you when you think about it, right? Because like you see guys after like NFL games, they're like trading jerseys and they're like signing stuff, and it's all fun and games. But a lot of times, it's not like that with us, right? I mean, there's that brief moment of the bromance, but then the, like you said, it goes back to the war, and it goes back to hey, let's let's do this again. And and I feel like it, it, that makes everything more um, like weird because I don't know in a in a in a game like NFL game soccer whatever. At the end of the day, it's a game, right? Like, you can, like, be nice with yeah. everybody after the game. But, I mean, here we are trying to kill the other guy. If, if not, the referee is not there, we can literally, we are trying to kill the other guy. And after that, they start to, hey, good job, amazing, uh, nice fight. You know, that's, it's weird, but I love it. To me, um, I feel like in the future, I, I will, like, a lot of problems with that because I, I feel like I have a lot of friends in the media like in my division I have a lot of friends in the with the bantams I have a lot of friends I'm just trying to enjoy my 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 job here man and circling back to the quadrilogy like how it started ideally for you both is it May right that you would like to get back in there or is there kind of a time frame just say when I'm ready yeah say when <laughs> I, I literally I I was like trying to fight three times this year, like 
January, June, um, December was the origin my original plan. But I mean, May, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna fight for the title. I don't care. I mean, I can fight like this weekend. <laughs> so you get the title back, ideally. Who do you think you'd be the first person that you would defend the title against? <laughs> no, no, <you're> scared. <laughs> What's the word for five? What's the word for five? But the last time when I say I don't want to see Figueroa anymore, I fought against like don't, possibly don't, twice. Don't so I don't want to say nothing, man. <laughs> but definitely Oscar Oscarov against Cara Francis in an important fight. Um, Pantoja, you know, it's a nice history too because will uh, will will be an, another trilogy, right? And he beat me twice before in the past, so it's another good fight. But I feel like yeah, it can be like Askarov the winner between Askarov and, and France. Had Cody Garbrandt win that fight, do you think they'd give him that immediate title shot? One hundred percent, just because of the name value and everything. That's a good win too. It's a good win too. Kakar France is very very game opponent very talented you know top 10 guy and it's interesting it didn't wasn't reciprocated you know especially because he's the one who knocked him out and he didn't get the title shot after that i mean i think too though that he wasn't ranked so it's kind of hard to jump the line right right where if cody would enter the rankings it's a little bit different than you kind of you know cody was coming in to take his ranking right kaikar really couldn't get much out of that fight i feel like kind of like that lose-lose situation then Right. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, I'm mean, don't be wrong. I think it was a great play for Kai because it did get him to ask our ask our fight. So he, it, it, there is benefit for him. But I think in that in that aspect, like you're saying, I don't think that was available for him. For sure. Give us your big goal for 2022 outside of this quadrilogy, because obviously this is the top of the mountain. Give us something else. We talked about zombie. Give us some some goals for 2022. For me, it's just to continue to stay process oriented. When you stay on the focus on the process, the results are there. You know, for me, it, it's always about. Uh, serving and giving to the clients. I think as long as you keep your eyes on that, and I have a great team that does that, we're going to be fine. You know, uh, I, I want to hear and new twice this year, and uh, I think we're going to once in April and once in May. <laughs> to me, it's get the title back, man, and do my job. Do my job. Um, I want to keep doing something. You know, was you know was amazing last year. And I don't think about it in that moment, but when I started to watch all, all that new movement in Mexico and Latin America was like was awesome to me. So I got I got the title and after that a lot of really good things for Mexico and Latin America start to happen. I mean <coughs> last event in UFC two seventy, uh, I fought I fought with my, my with my training partners together, right? Like in the same uh, car in a pay per view event. That was awesome. So uh, my main thing right now is to get the belt, but I'm st- I keep uh, I want to keep growing the the sport in my in my country definitely. Who will be the second Mexican UFC fighter to have a belt? Alexa Grasso. Who do you think it will be? Hey, she looks awesome in one twenty five. Yeah, she looks awesome in one twenty five. You know, but I mean, I feel like Pantera is is there. Maybe he need he needs a little bit more activity, but he's there. I mean, the last fight against Max Holloway. Incredible. Yes. What? Yeah. Uh, a huge, huge fight for him. Obviously, he lost, but I mean, the the fight was awesome. So yeah, maybe maybe a Pan- a Pantera, maybe Alexa. Um, other guys are coming, new generations, and that's it. I'm excited for that because other guys uh, uh, younger than the o- obviously 
youngers trying to do something in this and we'll see what happens in the future but i'm excited you're an inspiration for them yeah thank you man now speaking of inspiration just want to give a quick shout out to contenders clothing rocky balboa our favorite like boxer that. she's got I the like adrian that. shirt okay thank you for the hookup there uh guys we totally appreciate you hopping on thank the schmo zone podcast thank you guys you. are great guests and reoccurring guests yes uh, thank you guys thank you episode cool 93 moment. 93 yes, okay well,